Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Anthem Podcast. I'm Bert Alcorn. Uh, this year, as a church and podcast community, we are pressing into our lifelong goal of orienting our lives around being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he would do if he were me by growing and becoming resilient disciples who are a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion, live a vibrant life in the spirit, and are empowered as a courageous missional presence in our world. Each week in the month of January, we're taking one solid week to talk around each one of those four primary areas of our call this year. So week one was resilient disciples, Week two was a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. And today we are in the middle of week three. What does it mean to live vibrantly in the spirit and our time and our place? Now, before we get into what we got for today, wherever you do get this content, please do subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode. Rate or review the podcast. It's super helpful and means the world to me as we're trying to uh, grow and develop this podcast into the future and if this content is at all helpful for you, uh, would you mind sharing it around social media or with friends or with family? I, I'm really grateful and honored when I hear that the stuff we're talking about here on this podcast makes a difference in your life. And I'm even more grateful when you bring others into our community and share it along. So this week, we are trying to understand what it means to live vibrantly in the spirit and the chaos, confusion, distraction, and disruptions of our current culture. How do we live the way we were meant to live? Or in the language of the Bible, how do we live life abundantly, keep in step with the spirit, grow in spiritual maturity, and to quote Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, live the good life. This week, we'll be looking at four angles of our everyday life and what it means to craft our own rule of life in these four kind of primary angles of our everyday life. That is life with God, life with others, our work, family life, and soul care. So in this episode, we're going to unpack some of the challenges to that goal, as, as well as how we cultivate the good life by creating a rule of life in those four primary components. So our area of focus today is life with others. Now, we're going to jump right into how to kind of craft and create a rule of life for kind of life with others. If you did not listen to either Sunday's sermon from our local community here in Ventura or the podcast yesterday, hit pause, hit stop, go back and listen because we put some foundation in that I'm not going to actually go over every single week or every single day this week. And so if you missed uh, yesterday's uh, episode or if you missed the Sunday teaching, pause, stop right now, go back, listen or watch those. Um, and they lay a foundation for things like how to get the life you want. What is a rule of life? The reality that you already have a rule of life and that a rule of life is a means to an end. So if any of that sounds unfamiliar or if you need a refresher, go backwards. If you are keeping up to date with each one of the podcast episodes today, we are leveling up. So we are kind of on the assumption, if you're listening right now, that you've already kind of started to engage somehow in that in the community of life primer, what we call a community rule of life and you are considering what it looks like to tinker with that or craft your own rule of life. Because there is no right, right way to make a rule of life, there are, however, best practices that as disciples of Jesus, we should all be implementing into our lives, no matter our stage of life or stage of discipleship. And so once again, those practical tips for getting started with creating your own rule of life are start small. So rather than trying to take the mountain, what are some small, doable, enjoyable goals to move us forward in spiritual formation? Be specific. So don't 
create rules that say something like be more relaxed or get more rest, but things like Sabbath on Sunday or break from news or social media or whatever. Uh, consider your personality, season of life, and stage of discipleship. So in that community rule of life, there's nothing that is wrong for anyone. But as we get to tinkering with our own, consider what your stage of life is. Do you have small kids or no kids? Are you married or are you single? Are you unemployed or do you have a very demanding job? Like what are those things that mark your life? And uh, don't just copy someone else who's maybe farther along in their spiritual journey. Just take the next steps in your journey. Keep a healthy balance of structure and spontaneity. So don't so structure yourself that you're not open to kind of the uh, often and uh, uh, frequent interruptions of the spirit. And finally, another tip in how to get started is to remember that a good rule is a working document, which means like us, it's dynamic, not static. Life is a bit of a moving target. So we have to regularly review our rule and make sure it's still bringing life to us with God and with other people. So if you started in on this community rule of life with us back in, oh, I don't know, August, September time, now is a great time to reevaluate. How did those last couple of months go? And, uh, are you, you know, do you need to make any tweaks or changes? So once again, if you missed uh, kind of our last two episodes, go back and check them out. Today, yesterday we talked about life with God as kind of one category for creating our own rule of life. And today's category is life with others. And so once again, I'm going to give you three sort of subcategories to help us understand how to create a rule of life with others. And the first, right, is just community. Number one is we are meant to do life together. It's through relationships that God moves his kingdom and love forward. And really part of the meaning of life is relationships, relationships with God at the center, with people around us. Uh, And it's relationships really that start and are formed and are formed by God as it's revealed in the Trinity. So God himself exists in eternal relationship. The three persons of God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit exist in eternal relationship with one another. Out of this love, the universe was formed and humanity was created. And with this in mind, we believe that we are not meant to do life alone. Like we've said around Anthem multiple times, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for us. So we do life together in community. With this in mind, we know that not only are we not meant to do life alone, but life best happens with others. The word that best describes the church of Jesus Christ is a family. It's not an event. It's not a building. It's not an organization. Um, Those things come and those things go, but the church is a family. When one says yes to following Jesus, they say yes to joining the family of God. So there is something necessarily deficient in your discipleship If you would follow Jesus, but you are not yet a part of a local family of God. This family is deeper than that of our blood families. Because the family that we are talking about here is founded on the very love of God himself. And Jesus himself said, who's my mother? Who's my father? Who my brothers, my sisters? But it's those who do the will of my father. So we invite you to live life. I invite you to live life with a family of God where you can be fully yourself in pursuit of God. And that often comes with a choice to make a covenantal commitment to a group of fellow Jesus followers 
in your local context and authentically share your life with them in intimate community. Now, that is often scary because uh, many of us have gotten hurt by community, by church, uh, and many of us know that as we are thinking about the church and family, it is not perfect, right? It is the warts and all. Like, it is a imperfect, blemished bride of Christ, but it's something God finds joyous and beautiful and something scripture seems to call us to as vital and necessary for our growth in life. So the question is, as you were thinking about building out your own rule of life with others, right, the second category we're talking about, who is your covenantal community? Right. What is that? You know, what does that look like? Who is your first of all, let's start really broad. Who's your local church? Right. I know many, many listen to this podcast are not part of our local church here in Ventura. If you are, boom, you got that first question answered. If you are not, if you're listening in from maybe here in Ventura or somewhere else in the world and you're not yet a part of a local church, that is your next step. Who is your covenantal community? Start with local church and maybe drill down. So for us, that's these kind of smaller house churches of anthem communities. And even smaller than that is these gender-specific core groups that meet for the purpose of intentional discipleship, encouragement, and accountability. So who are the people you are doing life with? And when do you meet with them to share life and grow together? And are you committed to that? So many people say they're part of a local church and, you know, especially now with COVID and kind of the variety of ways churches can meet, uh, you know, talk to people and ask them, hey, what, you know, what church are you a part of? And they say, okay, well, Anthem Ventura. All right. So when was the last time you were present with Anthem Ventura uh, when they are gathering, whatever format they're gathering? And crickets, right? <laughs> and so like, it's one thing to actually say you're part of a community. It's another thing to actually be present with that community. So who is your covenantal community? Who are you doing life with? Number three, or sorry, number two, Jesus lives a life that is marked by serving others. The community of God takes care of one another through service. So service is our number two area. So first community, second service. So following Jesus is never meant to be done alone, yes. And the kingdom of God is being established through his church, yes. And in the Bible, we find all these one another commandments that instruct us how to treat one another. The question that was being answered by the writers of the Bible wasn't if you were in community, but when you are in community, right? That's the expectation is when, in, when you are in your family, in your community, this is then how you live. They're not saying, oh, if you're following Jesus, but you know, not in a community, here's how to find it. No, no, no. The Bible assumes that you will be with other local believers. And so the assumption for all those one another's is that you're implanted in a local community and thus you have a job to do. You got a role to play. You got to use your gifts. You got to use your talents, your time, your resources. You got to use who God has made you to be to love and serve your local family. So we take the similar posture of Jesus who came not to serve or not to be served, but to serve. And as disciples, we put God's love on display and how we get to love God by loving one another. So we look beyond our own life and seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world through sacrificial living and love for others. And as the writers of the Bible say, we start with the household of faith, right? It's one thing to like love the stranger, to love the alien, the sojourner. It's another thing to love those who are far from God. The Bible seems to make priority for those of the, quote, household of faith, end quote. So how will you commit to a life of service 
for your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, but most importantly to Scripture, your household of faith, your church family. How are you serving and living out the one another's, and how can you take that same posture to the world around you? What are some practices to implement in your life, either on a daily, a weekly, monthly, whatever? What are some practices where you're tangibly loving and serving those in the household of faith and those around you? So community, number one, uh, service, number two, and number three subcategory of how we live life with others is generosity. The God of the Bible is marked and characterized by abundant generosity. This is his posture towards us. So in response, we want to be marked by that same generosity. If we're claiming to become more like Jesus, that's going to, be, that's going to mean becoming more like him in every area of our life, even our money. One of the defining characteristics of God is his abundant generosity in creation and how he relates with people and his provision and his grace and his mercy. It's a consistent theme throughout all of scripture. And it's one that his people are called to reflect here in this world, his generosity into a stingy hoarding world by being a generous people. So we do this beyond being generous financially, which is like, by the way, in the Bible, like a baseline assumption. Once again, it's the Bible's not asking if you are in a community or not. The Bible assumes your community. In the same way, it's not whether or not you are giving and you are generous, but in what context you are being generous. So it also means being generous financially, but it also means uh, sharing our time, our resources, ourselves with one another. So as followers of Jesus, when we're part of a local body, Jesus helps take our natural individualistic nature and it shifts to, to look out for one another and to take a disproportionate care towards one another. The early church was known for meeting each other's needs by being generous financially. Like, may we follow in their footsteps to produce a kind of community where there's no need. Just I mean, think about that for a second. If you're part of our local church community or if you're part of another local church or whatever, just like let your imagination go for a moment. What would it look like if there were no needs in your community? No needs. Imagine if there were no credit card debt, no medical debt, no missed bills, no missed payments, whatever. Like imagine if everyone had a place to stay, food to eat. Imagine if that's the thing your city knew you by. Like your city knows your church because everyone in your church is taken care of, right? No one in your church has to put on debt just to make it. No one in your church is missing bills or payments. Like what would that communicate to a watching world? Jesus says in John 13 that the world will know you're my disciples by how well you love one another, in an age where it is kind of the de facto posture to be individualistic, materialistic, and hoarding in our posture of finances, what if love for one another looked like financially taking care of one another? To making sure that none of us in a household of faith had any need, what kind of witness would that be to a watching world? So as a community, we, we long to embody the extravagant generosity that we see in Jesus himself. We cultivate this through a commitment and willingness to give and bless others. So the follow-up question is, how will you do this? Well, we've taught uh, money and finances and generosity several times as a local church community, and there's a very simple biblical framework with which we can kind of start if, if kind of generosity is new for you. And we call it kind of, in short, the 10-10-80 principle. 
And so from scripture, uh, we can see just a very basic formatting for what to do with our money. So 10, 10, 80. So for, give first your first fruits to God. As scripture calls us to give to our local church as the kind of primary storing house, to use the language of Malachi, or landing place for our financial contribution. So the first 10% goes to our local church. And once again, using biblical wisdom, the next 10% goes to save, to actually live below our means so we can have margin for more generosity, margin for emergencies, margin for those unexpected expenses, and then 80 to live on 80%, to give 10% away, save 10%, and to live on 80. For some of you, that's like finances 101. And for others of you listening, that is like revolutionary and will take a complete overhaul of your finances. But to live your life, your financial life in line with the scriptures is to follow that basic model. And of course, we can get even more complicated and more complex, but to simply start in that place. How do you do this in your life? How are you not only as a baseline being generous with your finances, but how are you being generous with your time, with your resources, with your whole selves to further the kingdom of God? And what could it look like if we were a community marked by radical generosity so that no one had need? What kind of what, what kind of picture would that communicate to a watching world who, especially in times of COVID, are, are being more, hoard, more hoarding, more like materialistic than ever before? What would it mean for us to be free with our finances, to love and serve those around us? So we've talked about life with God as kind of the first bucket. Like, what does it mean to uh, press into uh, prayer, scripture, worship as a means of, of being with God? What does it look like to live life with others? What are some categories and some practices around community, around service, and around generosity that we can cultivate some rules of life for how we live? I said this last week, I'll say it this week, and I'll say, I'll say it again every time we end this, that transformation into the likeness of Jesus is possible, and it's promised and it's expected when you read Scripture. But the one thing that it is not is it is not inevitable. It will not just happen. It takes participation and it takes intentionality. And Jesus' own work opens the door to real transformation in our life. So we engage with the Holy Spirit in our lives to become more like him. Paul says in Romans 8, 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, which means as followers of Jesus, we have been predestined to become like Jesus. Will we embrace that or resist that? So it's possible to change. It's promised to transform. It's expected that we would grow, but it is not inevitable. The life Jesus invites us into is not saying yes to Jesus for heaven and then no for the rest of our lives. It's a life constantly growing, being filled, maturing, and becoming more like Jesus. It's a life of beholding the glory of God and being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It's a life not being conformed to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewal of our mind into the likeness and image of Jesus. Okay, a couple of book recommendations if you want to go further here. Uh, recommended one yesterday. Did you already, did you pick that up? Did you do it? Could do it. These are resources to help you grow. So another book rec for today. 
is by uh, one of my favorite writers, authors, Sky Jethani. And by the way, this is not the official book recommendation of this episode, but if you've not read With Reimagining Your Life with God by Sky Jethani, highly recommended. He is also part of, uh, uh, I think it's called the the Holy Podcast or, or something like that. He does a podcast with a few other people that's at the VeggieTales guy. It's absolutely fantastic. Go check it out. But he writes a book, a short illustrated visual guide to the teachings of Jesus um, called What If Jesus Was Serious? And the premise is it is a visual guide to the teachings of Jesus we love to ignore. So, so good. Uh, go check it out. What If Jesus Was Serious? Grab it on Kindle or grab it, the hard copy or whatever. Uh, it's a book that I'm actually going to start taking my oldest son, Calvin, through pretty soon because it's got all kinds of cool like graphics and sketches to help uh, unpack some of these big concepts Jesus uh, lays out in, in the Sermon on the Mount. So go pick up that book, What If Jesus Was Serious? Uh, Thanks for listening to the Anthem Podcast. I hope you're enjoying the journey we're on together, and I hope it's stirring, encouraging, and challenging as you're growing to become a resilient disciple who's faithful in the face of cultural coercion, lives a vibrant life in the Spirit, and is empowered as a courageous missional presence in your world. On the next episode, we're going to be diving into our next section of creating a rule of life. So we went life with God, life with others, and the next session we're going to tackle is like work, family, vocational life. So that's what we're going to be in tomorrow. If you did enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, the best way to do that is share it with others. Post about it on social media, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help us as we are pressing into this journey we are on together. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time.